Welcome to another edition of Nikki P's Conundrum, brought to you by Pauly B's Funeral Services and also Rhino Sexual Energy Pills, for without one, you probably wouldn't have the other. And today's guest, we have Christian C and also Ryan L. How you guys doing? Hey, I'm glad to be back. Same here. I, I feel the same. It's a pleasure. So, Christian, you're going to set us off here. So, so what are we talking about today? Well, I figured, you know, I, I, I posted your podcast link on LinkedIn and got a lot of feedback. A lot of business professionals really like what we talk about. They like the, the depth that we added to sales and today's market. So, I figured, you know, to, to satisfy the viewers, I think that we ought to start with really getting back into sales and marketing now that we have Ryan and three uniquely different perspectives and, and a wealth of dollars on the line. Can we, can we highlight that? Like the three uniquely different perspectives, like almost exact opposites on three different levels. I, I would definitely concur with that. Well, two, sure. two of us are probably good. One person is just fucking out there. <laughs> I think that person's <laughs> you though. <laughs> well, I don't know. It yeah. might be. All right, so uh, so Christian, uh, you seem to know what, what we're going with here. What are we talking about, marketing to start, or what are we going with this? You know, I, I think maybe a, a tie-in. Ryan and I had a phone conversation the other day, and I think it'd be a good a good platform. Which one? For this podcast. A conversation about you know how how the current, the modern-day salesman in 2020, specifically March of 2020 during the COVID pandemic, this, the lockdowns, the quarantines, the state of society right now presents a lot of challenges for people in sales and really anybody in, in business. But with our knowledge and our experience in sales and, and marketing, I think it's worth the trust. How do you, how do you sell? How do you get connected with consumers from home? Not only when the, the salesperson is at home, but also the, the customers at home, and you cannot have that face-to-face human interaction. Like, how do you survive? How do you thrive in, in today's time? So Ryan and I were having a conversation that maybe, maybe with everything that's going on and, and the way some corporations and businesses are starting to do, to conduct their day-to-day sales routines and you know, how, they're, how they're generating leads and contacting prospects, Okay, great, great. So check this out. Hang on a second. Ryan, Ryan, you remember this conversation with him, right? No, I don't remember this conversation Uh, at all. But uh, but (laughs) let me get this, though. Let me get this, though. I think that there's one one thing that we need to really touch on here, Christian, is that Ryan believes that there's a bigger issue at stake and that he believes Uh that it's not so much just having to market and sell – um, remotely, right, through social media and all this. However, Ryan believes that the hard thing's going to be when 75% of the people he believes in be dead. And how do we market to the yeah. 25%? That's what he's hitting me with. Yeah. So if we, if we really, if we track this thing down, right, and we say, okay, well, let's just be optimistic. We'll say 75% of the population dead, right? One, how do you, how do you market yourself? Because you don't want to get stabbed by like a rival gang, right? So, where do you go? What do you get? Like, do you position yourself as 
an offensive person or a defensive person? Are you going to posture yourself the right way? Like, do you try to start a gang? How do you get people to join your gang? What are oh. we doing here? The you know you said a, you said a, you said a moment ago that you, you didn't remember the conversation. I'm, I'm withholding certain verbiage for specific reasons. We were talking about how how to conduct face to face meetings and interviews virtually. Like maybe this is a wake up call for people in sales, and we can increase our productivity by really leaning into virtual conversations as opposed to the traditional route most calls in. And again, you can't ever really, you, you, there, nothing is better than the face-to-face, but what if you can supplement the face-to-face with some, some virtual interactions? And I'll, I'll even give an example. And I think, Ryan, you you encountered something similar that's related to sales. The two of us, Ryan, you're in Indiana, I'm in Utah now. We were both looking for homes from California. And my wife and I, and I believe you guys as well, we both purchased our home sight unseen outside of the realtor doing a video walkthrough. To me, that's an innovative way that a modern-day salesperson can really make themselves relevant. you recall that conversation now? Yeah, I, I probably do. I, I might be drinking a lot. I don't know. But uh, so we're not, so not going to talk about, like, an apocalypse and – we, yeah, we are. We are. Hang on. Get me. <laughs> Longer. We're definitely going to talk about the apocalypse. That's for yeah, sure. I love- However, here's the thing is that to answer Christian's piece is that obviously um, those who are not tech savvy, those who are not into, um, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Skype, whatever the case may be, getting online and, and meeting people, they have to get there or they're going to get fizzled out because uh, a pandemic or an epidemic like this can happen again. Uh, however, also, this is really screwing a lot of higher-ups in businesses. And what I mean by that is because like, like you're doing everything virtually, people are realizing that we can have all these large-scale meetings with people all over the country much cheaper doing an, an item like a Skype, right, or like a virtual online uh you know, type of conference and saving flights, saving hotels. And it just sucks for the salesman because they're used to getting these trips three, four times a year. And now they're going to be sitting in front of their computers, you know, in their, uh, in their suits there, you know, having those same conversations in those conferences. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, if you want me to be serious, I'll be serious for Jimmy's sake, right? I'll be serious for a little bit. Okay. It's, it's all about adaptability. Like if, we don't adapt and we don't evolve and we don't change how we do things based upon current events, then we're going to get left behind. And that's, that goes for every major business, every corporation, any occupational field, doesn't matter what you're in, you have to adapt, you have to change. And this is either forcing people to do that or it's making people stay the same. And then, you know, we'll see in a year or two years or even three to six months who's still left around yeah is that what you want jimmy yeah i'm loving it (laughs) okay i can be serious too you know yeah and you know you know the craziest piece about this though is that it's almost like a wake-up call to the entire world except for what north korea and russia who have no um you know cases of this coronavirus 
Um, but it's a way to call everybody trying to, you know, cause everyone has a sales force, everyone trying to get online because you had these dinosaurs for the longest time being like, Oh, I'm not going to adapt, right? I'm not going to adapt to the virtual means. I'm not going to jump on Twitter. I'm not going to jump on Instagram. I'm not going to market myself. I'm not going to do Instagram lives and all that. And they're starting to realize that shit, I should have done this six, 10 months ago, probably three years ago when, when a lot of these apps had dropped and, and these items had dropped. And now they're feeling like, man, because it's, it's hard. It's hard to learn a social media platform. It's hard to learn a virtual means and execute efficiently in a very short amount of time. Oh, yeah. But now... Yeah, I, I agree. And I think, that, I think that's why when I said this might be a wake-up call for a lot of organizations because when you start talking about hiring sales trainers, you might want to supplement that with a, a digital communication marketing trainer as well because I, I think that I think the modern day consumer probably makes themselves a little bit more readily available for a digital or virtual interaction as opposed to a face to face. And I mean just think about it. If you've got say an insurance salesman wants to meet at your house, wants to come to your house. So there are a lot of Americans. Well now there's that added stress of well we gotta clean up our house, we gotta make it you know, pleasant to where an outsider's coming in, we want them to feel comfortable. There are people that have these types of stresses in their lives. Whereas if, if, if you know how to conduct business virtually, well, I mean, you take that one little tiny part of your house that looks really nice and you conduct that, that interaction digitally. So I think that there's some value in getting some digital communication, marketing trainers into major corporations now. Introverts are fucking loving this. You know, the world is finally adapting to them, right? I don't want to meet nobody face-to-face. I don't want to shake no fucking hands. And they're probably loving the change. Like, hey, can we keep a certain portion of this? Yeah. yeah. yeah funny, enough, funny enough, I'm looking at a article. Yeah, their hipster, their hipster uh, coffee place is probably closed. <laughs> Rather than that, you know. Yeah, that's going to get them pissed. Christian, where are you even getting coffee yeah. now that all your hipster places have shut down? What are you going to do? You know, I actually, I brewed my own this morning, but we picked up a pack from Future Coffee out here in Lake Utah. Really good, properly brewed, or I'm sorry, roasted coffee. The best That's another one of the sponsors. That's why he's plugging that. Yeah. No, I, I went there yesterday to get a cup of coffee. They were closed by 10. A lot, this business has a GoFundMe set up right now because they're looking at losing their business. With, with the lockdowns and the quarantines and all that. So they're only opening up shop for drive-through purchases from about 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. and then they're shutting down. So it's tough and coffee out here. Damn. So, so I got something um, to lead us down. Different road here. Get this, guys, right? I, w- I really hope that even if I don't live that long, that I can just peek down on Earth about 60 years from now and see how it is just because everything that we knew 30 years ago is going to be like totally a different reality 50 years from now. And I only say that because if we look at like, just say this, this, um, this virus, right. And let's just say, you know, we're like some people joke around about, Oh, it could knock out, you know, 25% and Orion's is 75% but 25% of the population and all this stuff. And when it's only attacking and, and don't get mad at me when I say this, but for the most part, there is exceptions. I got it, but it's the old people and the people, with the weaker systems, right? Like they, they have some issues. So what happens is you're knocking out them. Well, what people aren't realizing is that right now, if you look at it generationally, we have the millennials and gen whatever it is, Z or whatever the case may be, and we keep having smaller and smaller generations. In fact, the generation right now 
is the smallest we've ever had. And they are poised to have even a lower generation. And it's just because of homosexuality, right? That produces less babies. And then also abortion, right? That helps produce less babies. And plus, they just don't want to start families, right? They're not like people were before. So what happens is with the population dimming and then also the boomaduma, right? COVID-19 slamming out some old people. What's happening is that you're going to eventually have 50 years from now. You're going to have more homes than people to occupy them. Buying a house was going to be amazing, right? Because people will be begging you to buy the homes. We'll be leveling homes, putting out grass. The the environment's going to get better. Uh, do you disagree with that or you see it a different way? Who is that? You're directing that towards? Eh, it's, it's up in the air. You can take it, Christian. <laughs> Punting yeah, on first you know, What did you... Did you coin the phrase boomer doomer? Boomer doomer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So boomer doomer is is an affectionate name for the COVID-19, um, you know, just plowing through that generation like a hot knife through butter. <laughs> but is, it, is that your phrase or is that? Oh, no. I probably stole it from some 18-year-old kid on Facebook. You know what I mean? I probably, oh, you know, maybe one of my niece's friends or something probably wrote it and I... I just, I know I saw it somewhere, like it wasn't like my own thing, but it definitely was a, a nice phrase because I, because that's literally what it is, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, you're, you're right. Virus, statistically, from what I've read, anyhow, it does seem to be targeting a very small demographic. Yeah. And so, I, yeah. How about this? But Ryan, though, Ryan, why do you, th in your estimation, how is it going from 25 to 75%? How are we losing 75% of the population? Oh, just in my mind, that's what I'm hoping for. So you're, so you're rooting for the virus? Yeah, I just, I'm, I'm rooting for some chaos, some, some craziness. That's what I'm really rooting for. I want to see, you know, some crazy things happen. I just need to change, I just need to change the pace. I mean, it's probably going to, We'll, we'll average it out. It'll probably be like 4%. But anyway, mm -hmm. yeah. We'll, you, we'll see. Yeah, what do you think, Christian? Is he crazy? You know, I don't – we've had a conversation about this. It's really tough because I'm looking at some of these other states that are in complete chaos where the, the number of cases is incredibly high and the, the death toll is incredibly high you know, relative to, to the population in that state. Where I'm at right now, it just really hasn't set in the way that I think it's probably set in around other states. Because I go out and it really does feel like business as usual, most part with the exception of all the businesses closing down a lot earlier than they normally would. But I still see people all over the place in the state that I'm at. So from my perspective, my little tiny confined perspective, I can't see it getting as bad as Ryan is saying, but, I mean, you never know. Well, it probably won't get as bad as I'm saying. I'm just saying that deep down inside a lot of us, I would even go, I would even argue that all of us, people, like, want to see chaos, you know? Like, and you could call me whatever you want to call me. You could say that that's crazy, whatever. Like, that's a horrible thing to say. Deep down inside, everybody feels that way. That's why when there's an accident on the side of the road, everybody slows down to, like, look at it, right? Like, you see, like, a, a dead animal. Everyone wants to see, like, what happened. You know, that's what people want. 
So if we made this the Hunger Games, yeah, if we made this the Hunger Games, we all broke up into districts. You know, even though people are dying left and right, everybody's gonna watch. Yeah, I'm gonna be that guy that like camouflages himself as a rock, and I'm just gonna lay there for days. You know. Yeah. Well, I everyone else know. on the TV though is gonna be watching that, saying, "Man, I hope someone steps on that guy." You know what I mean? <laughs> Ryan, I'm I'm looking at an article. It's a Fox News article by Bree Simpson, and it's just addressing the amount of cases and really how bad this virus can get. By by late March, globally, there are about 530,000 cases that people have contracted the, the coronavirus, and over 85,000 in the U.S. I know that at this time it's a lot higher than that now, but here's here's her analysis of the worst outcome. In a worst-case scenario, without serious mitigation efforts, hospital beds in the U.S. could be full by April, and 2.2 million Americans could die of the virus. And that's a significant number, that by April. So if, if we just look at, let's just say the worst-case scenario plays out, over 2 million deaths in the U.S. alone by April, let's even call that the end of April, and if this virus continues to replicate itself and, and transfer from person to person, I mean, it, it could get very bad. Well, you know who's really benefiting benefiting from this is actually China. I'm going to hit you guys with a few facts and see what you guys think about all this. So what happens is China has made, uh, let's just say, right, China, China is, is the birthplace of the virus. Let's just say that, right? I don't want to say they made it, but the, it's a birthplace. And now, mind you, for China, they were losing in the trade deals, right? The president had them on the ropes. Mm-hmm. And then what does this virus actually do? Imagine this for a second. When China finally said they had it, they literally had built hospitals in a few days. Now, anybody who's ever built a hospital or anybody built a building before knows it takes a little bit to get all the equipment in there, whatever. They literally had hospitals standing in three days, which means uh, they probably uh, you know, either created or knew it was coming. But get this. Here's where China really fucking wins. You see, China gets really bad and all of a sudden rebounds like very, very quickly. Fuck, they've rebounded, right? And then, mind you, some fucking how, um, they they create the chaos. The the stock markets all fall. Chinese purchasing into the stock markets has been crazy across Europe and also America, where they're buying companies at cheaper rates because the stock market falls. So because of the virus that came from them, it comes over here. Our stock market drops. They begin to buy. Right, quickly plastering the economy of the dozens of countries, stops production lines in other countries. Right, so now the production lines here stop. But guess where they're starting back up right now? China. Right, so China is over here. They're they're producing more stuff. Right, lower price the commodities, including the price of oil, and they get to buy the oil at a larger scale, and they get back to producing quickly while the rest of the world is all at a standstill right now. Uh, you know, basically they have made out quite a bit. And if you think about this, right. Russia and North Korea are literally COVID-19 free. The two countries are a part of the little triumvirate of friends, untouched. How does that happen, right? Beijing wasn't even hit. So here we have, you know, only Wuhan, right? Beijing, not touched. How the fuck does Beijing not get touched, but like okie-jopie fucking Florida gets touched? Yeah. yeah. Longer, you're Asian. You help me out with this. What's going on with these motherfuckers? Yeah. So, right. And and, and I'll tell you, I uh, I don't I don't do all of 
the research that uh, that old Nicky P does. So when he tells me facts and he throws them out there, like like a good person that I am, I just nod my head and I say, yeah, that sounds fucking legit. Like I'm I'm 100% on board with that. No cases here, no cases there. Yeah, you know, the, the moon actually lost 72% of its density once this happened. I'm, I'm 100% on board. Now, could I go look all that stuff up? Sure. You know, I got other things that I do, so I just take his word for it, you know? Here's what fucking um, China does. They get fucking banged out by America in the fucking trade deals, right? They get banged <laughs> out by them. They say, we got to do something, right? I'll give you option A, right? So they talk to Korea and Russia, and Putin says, you get that shit in my fucking country, I'll fucking kill you, right? So they say, hey, no big deal. Look, we got the virus, got the antidote. We're going to let the virus go here in Wuhan, right? Get people some sick. We'll build the hospitals real quick. We'll look like we're shutting down. This way, it'll set the tone. Everyone else shuts down. We got our industry back up, and guess what? Now we buy into their companies, right? Now we own a lot more of America. We own a lot more of Europe, right? And guess what? We got the antidote. I got the fucking president of China running around with just a mascot, not even a full fucking mob suit because he knows he's got the antidote in his back pocket. Yo, but you want to know the crazier part about this? I got one bigger. Yo, would you... And I probably shouldn't talk like this, but I'm going to say, let's just say in a fantasy world, B, Ryan, because you like fucking craziness. What would happen yeah. if Trump's part of this family of friends? Think of this for a second now. Trump says, hey, look, he already beat him in the trade deals. He knows what's going on. He says, look, you know it would be great for my country, though? I say you fucking send it. Here's why. I built the economy. No one seems too fucking impressed. People trying to blame other people for my successes. However, I'll shut everything down. I'll bring down the stock market. I can lose the economy. But you give me that fucking antidote. I'll have everybody better in a couple months. Give me plenty of time to rebound, and I'm going to need you motherfuckers' help. And then I'll rebuild the economy not just once, but twice in four years. I'll be a shoo-in for president on this shit, right? Yeah, well, I lose a couple of people. Eh, I call it collateral fucking damage, right? Because, mind you, he's the first motherfucker to walk in in North Korea. If you don't think he's part of this festival of fucking friends, mm, I think you need to look at it. And I'm okay with it because <laughs> they seem pretty fucking powerful than my fucking tea-drinking assholes out there in Britain. You know, me being the British from the North End, you know what I mean? Yeah. We, we so, ain't won a war since the 1800s. <laughs> the audience members of our podcast here just shifted from probably like normal, like people like sales type to people wearing tinfoil hats with the conspiracy theories. But you know what? I do like I do like the craziness. I do like the chaos. And, you know, uh, it'll be interesting. I'm not saying that that's what's happening, you know? But well, it's like Joe Rogan. He has hey, someone on I got I, I ordered an extra large popcorn, you know? I'm just yeah. here for the show. Yeah, it's like Joe Rogan's show. You can talk about anything you want. You start off on one subject, you see where you end up. Yeah. No, I like it. What do you think, Christian? What's your take on all the bullshit I just said? Well, I'm not I'm not as big of a conspiracy theorist as, as others, but there have been some crazy things that have occurred throughout the history of, of our country for sure. Now, it, I don't know. There there's definitely enough data to look at to at least validate some of the theories that are out there. But I, I don't know. I just I, I try to stay as rational as I can. It's hard for me to get on board with conspiracy theories. But I'm looking at the, the current stats of the virus. One thing that's, that's actually interesting, <clears throat> we saw a huge outbreak in China and in Italy. I think those are the, the leading countries when it came to the amount of cases and deaths. 
So what's interesting is, so China had, I'm sorry, Italy had 97,689 total cases, and they're at 10,779 total deaths. Comparatively, China was at 81,439 cases, but only 3,300 deaths. So the, the death toll in comparison, when you look at 97,000 to 10,000, the, the ratio between total cases and deaths in Italy, to 81,000 and a little over 3,000 total deaths in China. It's interesting to see the huge disparity in total deaths. Something that China was doing was a lot more effective than what we saw in Italy. And then take that a step further. The U.S. We have 133,000 plus cases and only 2,300. Don't want to say only, but the number is 2,363 total deaths in the U.S. So, looking at these stats, and you have to see them in front of you. There's definitely there is a right way or, or a good, better, and best way to contain this. So, I'm not familiar enough though with what China did to reduce their deaths and how much different their plan or their approach was to what Italy was doing with 10,779 deaths. I don't know if it has to have to do with demographics. Are there more older people there in, in Italy? Are you more likely to have a compromised immune system in Italy compared to China? There's so many factors that can contribute, but going back or some people have an antidote. Conspiracy. Yeah, that's what I was yeah, you know what's crazy? You guys saying the word conspiracy theory. Right? Hand me out. It's kind of like trying to diagnose a problem. You come to someone, you say, "Hey, what's my problem?" Even in sales, right? If you said to me, "Hey, Nick, we're not making mission, right? You know, we are supposed to be selling X amount of whatever," and I say, "Well, maybe we're not doing this." It's not a fucking conspiracy theory. Or if I say, "Maybe the boss isn't spending much time on the phone." Or maybe the boss isn't, you know, he's being armchair quarterback and not getting out there with the guys and training or whatever. Those aren't conspiracy theories. I'm just making guesstimates on what could possibly be happening, that some things we can attack and some things we can look at. So same thing here. You come at me with an epidemic where China's already amongst the curve and actually made out better off of this because, yeah, they're kind of tanked a little bit because they had to, but now they've regained and they're owning more and more. And I said, that's not a conspiracy theory, right? That's just if you said to me, hey, is it? what do you think happened there? I'd say, well, I don't know. Maybe they just made the fucking virus in it, though. I don't fucking know. I mean, that's not a conspiracy theory. That's an educated fucking guess based on the factors I'm looking at. But maybe I'm a fucking asshole. I don't know. Yeah. Oh man. But to get back to it, I I know that uh, I know that we're supposed to be talking about the sales piece, and and I do think it is tougher, and we have to do it virtually. But unfortunately, right now, uh, and like Christian said, if you're buying a home, like literally me. You know what? I'm heading out to New York, and I'm never going to step foot in that place, right? It's New York. They're locked down. I'm not flying in because I probably won't be able to fly back out. Like, once I get there, I got to be ready to be stuck there. Um, but, yeah, you can't just go anywhere in New York and check out a place. You've got to do it virtually, or you just got to look at the pictures. And that's not a way people usually do it, right? Usually you want to go somewhere, kick the tires, check the place out, and uh, and you can't really do that in today's environment. Um, so what do you think, Christian? Um, you know, I'm still stuck on this room. I'm reading as you're talking. I'm still stuck on this conspiracy thing. I'm, I'm looking, oh boy. trying to find some data on what the leading conspiracies are or the leading theories are with the COVID-19. Ryan had made a comment a moment ago about the, the, there being an antidote. And I know there's a theory out there that some people think maybe 
Is this something that was engineered in a lab somewhere? Is this is there more behind it? But I'm seeing a lot of responses to this this conspiracy that there are studies that are concluding that say COVID nineteen is not a laboratory constructed virus. But again, the numbers are so unique across the, across each state and the countries across the globe. Ryan, what's your bottom line on this? What what do you do you think that do you think this thing is as as big as people are making it out to be? Do you think it we really needed to lock down and quarantine certain states or you think they're being overly paranoid? Are you asking me like serious questions? Yeah. And I always gotta answer like I always want serious answers. Give him any okay. fucking answer. Why can't we lose it 75% as soon as the world ends of going to get a new truck? I don't know. Well, like, if- do I think that it's a real thing? Do I think that it's actually really happening? Yeah. Are people are people suffering and dying from it? Sure. And is that a bad thing? 100% that's a bad thing. So conspiracy theory, uh, doing some type of analysis or asking questions, whatever you want to call it, I mean, it's obviously not a good thing, right? See, here's where I'm going to sound like a complete asshole, right? And and I, because you got to take, you got to take feelings out of it and emotions out of it. And honestly, when you ask the question, "Is it a bad thing losing some of the population?" I'm actually going to say, "No, it's not a bad thing," because if you think about it, right? And this is a shitty fucking thing to say, but I'm just saying the world is over fucking populated. Let's just face that fact. Slimming the population overall for mankind, not the individual human, not the person who's losing Auntie Patty or Auntie Sammy, right? But for the actual planet to lose a percentage of the population is not a bad thing for all your humanity. See, because no one wants to talk about because humanitarian peace, but think about it. Your emissions are going to be down because less people driving cars. Your housing market will get better because less people buying homes, right? Um, ultimately, the job market will get better. Think about it. If honestly 25% of Americans were to perish. Now, I don't want that. I don't want that at all because I'm a human being with feelings. But if you think about it, if you had 75% of the people here with the job market we have and the jobs available here, holy shit. We'd all have fucking jobs. We'd have to get raises to kick, to get take these jobs too because you would have options to leave because there'd be more employment than people to fill the positions. It just sucks to say on the humanitarian side of the house where you're like, oh, that's my aunt, that's my uncle, that's my mom, dad, sister, brother. But in the grand scheme of things, it's 25% of the population. I do everybody good. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. You know? Fuck it. So Christian, I, I know you're, you're, you know, you're very a man of God. You probably don't like hearing something like that. But uh, do, do do you think that uh, you don't think that a good seventy five percent of the people still here? Literally, if you took took twenty five percent out, all the feelings aside, and just kept the economy going the way it is, you don't think that'd be better? Oh boy, that's a loaded question for sure. No, I mean the human side of me, Nick. I, I gotta agree with the human side of you that came through a moment ago. <clears throat> every every case of somebody passes away, there's somebody's loved one. So in that regard, 
no, it's reducing them with a squeeze on the economy getting better with 25% of lives being lost. But to be completely objective, I mean, you mentioned pollution, you mentioned, you know, things like consumerism. And, and I mean, there's so many things that there are problems that come with being overpopulated. I can at least agree with that objectively. Again, the human side of me says every life is, is a valued life. And, and you know, I, I prefer to have a little rougher economy or, or lifestyle as opposed to the trade-off of losing 25% of humanity. I guess that's where we differ. That makes sense. That's a fair answer, don't you think, Nick? No, I, I do think it's a fair answer. Um, but I just, when I look at it, and I look at just life in general, I think it's a, I don't know. I just think an overall cleansing is pretty good. In fact, think about it, right? And this is a shitty thing to say, but think about it. We as humans right now in most areas of the world have been in the confines of our own home, right? We've been stuck in our own home. We got China with the clear skies, like I said before. The earth is healing. To be perfectly honest with you, take the human side right out of it. The best thing about earth is if we all disappeared because you see it already healing itself. They're talking about these rivers in Italy that are usually so black and all of a sudden they're crystal, right? And, you know, you had said that to me. And it's – honestly, if you really want to come down to it, it's – the earth can prove my case. The earth is telling us 100% of you gone – means we're doing pretty damn good, or 90% because the 10% essentials. But the earth is proving my point. If you don't believe me, ask Mother Earth. She's proving it to you in every fucking country that's in lockdown. Yeah, so Ryan, you want to chime in here? What do you think, buddy? Yeah, it's hard to to disagree with that. I think... um... I think that's just it's part of what life is. That's what I'm. That's what I'm trying to get at. Like, do we want to see that happen? Like, can we say that out loud? Probably not. But if we really think about it, I mean, you know. Okay. We talked about last week. Get to work in eight minutes. You know. Absolutely. So yeah, tra- traffic is better. <laughs> so, so now let's let, let's actually take a look at this now, right? Because um, not just with this paradigm shift right now, where we're having to you know, sell remotely and all this. But let's talk about marketing for a minute. And the thing about marketing is, is that first and foremost, it's it's hard for some companies to figure out the right way to market their company uh, in today's world. It's kind of like, you look at the Super Bowl. Well, why do Super Bowl commercials, why did we go from such great commercials to almost not even trying? And the answer is that even during the Super Bowl, people don't really pay attention to commercials. And so television stations have tried to combat that by basically, if you've seen it, they'll actually do the commercials and then in this, they'll do a double screen and there's still the program going on for like live sports. And the reason being is they're trying to get the consumer to at least have their face towards the television while that's going on. And so television isn't really working and billboards. I mean, everybody sees them. Yeah. Um, but what do you got, um, Christian, when you think about marketing right now, if you're going to market your company, are you thinking it's web-based? Are you thinking it's Facebook? Are you thinking it's Instagram? Or is it um, advertising on television? What media or what would you say if I'm starting my own company and I'm going to market it, um, where would I go? Well, I think that there's a two-part answer here to that because the first part is you got to 
know what your your target market is. If we're let's just say we're marketing, we're we're a surf surf and skate brand, for example, and we're probably marketing to a sixteen to let's say twenty four year old demographic. Well, if that's my target market, then I'm definitely leaning heavily into all of your social media platforms: Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Snapchat, YouTube, and the list goes on. When we start going above that, then I think that you have to have a more blended marketing strategy because people receive their information a little bit differently between the, the different age groups. I'll speak for myself, and I don't, I don't want to give out my age here, but I every morning I wake up, and I'll tell you, first two places I check for my news and media, is Facebook and YouTube, and then obviously I I, I get my feed coming from my iPhone. So I get those briefings as well. But I mean, I'm not picking up the paper newspaper. I'm not watching TV. In fact, I don't even have cable service. I haven't had cable service for the past four years. All I use is streaming services like Netflix, Hulu, gosh, Shutter. I'm a big horror buff. I mean, I, I I get my my movies that way, so I don't see commercials anymore. And I think there's probably a large market of uh, people that are watching what they watch without having to be weighed down by commercials. So I agree with you in that regard. People aren't watching commercials today. However, again, there is a difference between how people people's behavior between different age markets. So I would I would have to research. Our target market. What are we? What What is the average age of our consumer? What is the age window of our consumer? And then I would craft a marketing strategy based off of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I get my news from Stephen Colbert. So that's <laughs> how credible my stuff is. Uh, how about for you, um, Ryan? Uh, where do you get your news? And then where do you think the uh, most effective way to market is? So, so I think I, uh, the majority of the news that I get actually comes from. Uh, things that you tell me about. So that's, that's my extent of my news gathering skills that I have. I don't know. I think that, I think that in terms of in general, everything from, and, and I, and I agree that yes, you have to market a certain way to a certain demographic of people. So we'll say uh, 75 year olds and above, you know, are probably still watching regular TV, but, for the most part, everybody has some type of social media platform. So if you're a small company or you're starting out and you're putting your money into something, unless you're selling like hospital beds to old people or that machine that goes up and down the stairs that you sit in, I, I would say that you have to target majority of your marketing towards online or, or some type of social media marketing platform like i can't tell you how many how much money i spend on a daily or monthly or weekly basis on stuff that i just see on facebook ads or instagram ads you know i just bought some whiskey glasses that i saw on on uh instagram ads so we're talking about what is the most relevant today that's what it is so ads on like social media platforms like instagram facebook and all that that's and I would agree with that too, um, because 
I literally do the same thing as you. Like I'll see something, I'll check it out. But a lot of times I won't necessarily bite off that ad. I'm the person who will go right to Amazon and see if Amazon has it first. And then only if Amazon doesn't right. have it. Cause I'm kind of like loyal to Amazon probably cause they make me pay for their fucking thing every fucking year. So I'm like, <laughs> I gotta get my money's worth, yeah. right? From my free ship. Yeah. But you saw it. That's what I was saying. You saw that product though first yeah. on some type of Facebook ad. So if you're going to mm-hmm. tell me all oh, right now, like let's, let's, pump some money into some research and some data about where our target market is. I would even say like you're selling to someone that's 60 years old and it's a product that they need. Somebody in that person's family would have saw it on some type of Facebook or social media platform somewhere. So yeah, sure. Like do some research, put some money into where should I put all of my marketing dollars? What should I develop in terms of content? Or just say, you know what, I'm just going to throw up some pictures that I took uh, in my house, in my basement. I'm going to throw that up on some type of Instagram ad, call it a day. That's what I think you should do. Yeah, the thing about Facebook is that they've really made themselves indispensable because there's so many apps that rely on your Facebook profile. So it's kind of like you have to have a Facebook profile to have a billion different apps. Um, And then... The one thing that I wish, I swear to you, I wish I could delete Facebook and jump onto Twitter. The reason I cannot is because I'm not doing both, right? Is that Facebook has groups and those groups are actually pretty like, they're good for any hobby you have, there's Facebook groups, whatever. No one really mimics that that I'm aware of. So what do you think, Christian? You got anything to rebut Ryan or anything on the social media platforms? No, I'm, I'm in, surprisingly, I'm in full agreement with him. The only thing I would add to that is, so I I was given a rundown on how I receive my information, how I communicate as a consumer, strictly as a consumer. I would have to say that I, majority of my purchases are influenced by email marketing content. But I, I spend money I should not be spending. I open up my email every day, and I think email still have a slight edge if, if we we look at a, a wide a huge spectrum of consumers i think email marketing has the highest yield it has a slight edge over you got to be kidding me. marketing that's I, I i think today i think social media as a consumer not not receiving information not how we communicate i'm saying purely based off of a customer Clicking and buying, I, I I believe the statistics still show email marketing to have a a competitive edge over social media because email has a, a wider market. You feed people to your your website. People. So you do- bought you bought something that you got in an email. Somebody sent you an email ad, and you bought something off of that in the last oh my God. All, six months. No fucking all, way. No fucking way. All the time. No fucking all way. The I Not something that you saw somewhere else, right? Because, because I will say that that initial thing. So, like, I have. I'll give you an example, right? Like, I I am a very loyal customer to a very specific sunglass brand that I found when I was in California, but I found it through social media, and they had a Kickstarter campaign, and I bought into that. Got my sunglasses, best sunglasses I've ever had. Blah 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 blah. They send me emails. Because I had to sign up to get the thing. I had to sign up with my email. I haven't bought anything off of their email that they sent me. Initially, if I do go buy another pair of sunglasses, because I 
the initial ad that I saw that was on social media. You're saying that somebody cold, essentially I'll call it a cold call, cold called you through an email and you bought something in the last six months off of that email. That's what you're telling me? Oh, 100%. That's not yeah, normal. I, I that's not normal. Of, Christian, I, that's not normal. No, no, no. I do, I do a lot of, uh, you know, for, well, I what did you buy? Of, I'm looking at it right now. I bought a flip audio sound system. I, I subscribe to certain, excuse me, I subscribe to certain emails, like email deals. So one is called Brad's Deal. Phenomenal. If you don't subscribe to it, just Google Brad Deals. And he basically, this, this company basically scours the internet for the best daily deal, right? So this email comes up to my inbox for a quick audio system, a quick to a very good audio brand, a 5.1 surround sound system, $9.99. I call my brother up, right? This is, this is how marketing works, right? Word of mouth. There's so many different channels of, of getting a, a product into a customer's hands or at least in front of them. So I call my brother. My brother just bought a house, and I say, you got to get this. This is an incredible deal. Said, oh, I don't think I have enough room. I said, well, I can't pass the offer. I already have a really nice surround sound system, but for $9.99 for a Clips 5.1, I can't pass it up. I purchased it from the website straight from that email. The next day I go and I check that, that same product. Yeah, but how did you find out about Brad's deals? Well, there's definitely, there's, there's, I, I couldn't tell you for that specific one, but I, what I will say is. Through some is, type of social media. Well, I know about Brad's deals because they, they advertise a, on social media. It is a partnership. Yeah, I'm not saying, I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying one or the other. All I'm doing is, is saying which one still have the competitive essay, but they, they got to be in a partnership. Most effective marketing campaigns would leverage the power of both. And I'm looking at some stats here. So I'm going to read these to you real quick. There are more than 3.9 billion email users in 2019, over half the planet, and 3.5 billion social media users. But those are, but those are, those, that's skewed data. Well, hold on. Let me, let me just finish. Yes. I'm just painting a picture here, please. Okay. Old, young, and I'm reading off of this article here. Old, young, and in between, practically every age group uses email. And I think I can agree with this. However, the use of social media varies by age and platform. For example, 44% of 25 to 29-year-olds use LinkedIn, compared to only 17% of 8 to 24-year-olds. So what this is showing you is that, yes, social media is so powerful. I can't over, overstate that. Social media is extremely powerful. However, your, your largest single net that you can cast is going to be email. Again, the, the modern marketer, the intelligent marketer, is going to leverage the power of both, of course. I'm just saying most of my, as a consumer, and I'm speaking for myself, as a consumer, I feel safer and more inclined clicking purchase from my email box than I do from an advertisement on Facebook. Because over the years, and I think we're getting better, I think companies are getting better at this, but over the years, man, I, I had bought stuff off of Facebook from paid advertisements, and I was getting a really junky product. Looked really good on the on the on the feed. I, I follow the link, I click on it, and people were having a lot of problems. But again, we have gotten better. But going back to what I was saying, you you're gonna cast a wider single net with email compared to what you will with Facebook. 
or what you will for just Twitter or what you will for just Instagram. But again, you, you ought to well, supplement. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree with that, but you can't tell me that you're going to use that you're, that you're going to use data and, and statistics that you found because yes, everybody has an email because every time that you go sign up for something and ask you for what your email is and that's how you create logins and that's how you do all of that stuff. Even to have a social media back. account on Facebook, you know, you, you have to have an email. So yes, email is going to have a far wider range. I'm saying, is it effective? Is that the most, effective way for people to spend their marketing dollars and putting it into email. I got it. You bought some stuff off of Brad's deal or just like when Target or Costco sends you an email, you might see something in that email as you're deleting all of it and say to yourself, oh yeah, that looks kind of cool. Maybe I want to check that out. But the majority of stuff that people are buying, if they're buying anything they don't need, they're buying stuff off of social media marketing. Mm. Yeah, the, I don't know the cold emails as like even before social media though cold emails was a thing, and that's when the spam folder was delivered, was <laughs> created. Yeah, I, I don't know. But even when email had the market, it didn't have the market. Like it, I can't imagine that you're going to start a company today, and let's just say I start Nikki P's uh, binders and more, and I'm going to send out a bunch of emails of binders, and people are even going to fucking open it. I, I'm yeah. speaking from, from my job as a consumer, the overwhelming majority of my purchases come from email marketing ads. But but you have to you have to differentiate between do they come from do they come from email marketing ads from that specific company or are they coming from a site like Brad's deals that you signed up for because you saw them some other place and then now you get emails with all kinds of different products in it. Yeah, it's all about the source. That to me is different. Yeah, it is all about the beginning well, source yeah. you got it from. Because yeah, that I'm, company, Brad's deals, powers the internet for other deals. They look for that stuff, right? Just like GovX does, just like all these other sites, right? You find the best deal based upon a other the other company's marketing strategy. Maybe that was, and you could trace that back. You could say, well, they found that from an email that they got. But I highly doubt it. Look at me, right? I met well, my wife on an app. She sends me an email. I fucking open it. I don't open on any other emails, but I met her on an app first. Does that make sense? She didn't shoot me a random email. <laughs> hey, I'm looking for somebody. <laughs> I don't know. Logan. Yeah, I'm, all I'm, saying, I'm, I'm in. I'm in conflict with some of the All that to say does have to be a partnership. I, I, I want to make that very clear. Like you, you should increase your your email subscribers through social media, and you should push your brand through social media because we know that there are people that first thing they do when they wake up is they're they're opening up Facebook or Instagram, and, and yeah, we want the the consumer to see the app. So it it is an absolute partnership. The the point that I was trying to make is from a pure click and buy standpoint, I'm saying me personally, I buy a lot from the email marketing campaigns that are going out as opposed to something I see on Instagram or Facebook. But again, the Instagram, the Facebook app, it might drive me to a website, a website I might put my email address in because I want to receive updates from that particular company. And then my email, my inbox gets flooded with their, their advertisement campaigns. 
And when I see something that comes through my email, I'm like, man, I got to get that. 50% off, Patagonia, you know, outerwear. Okay, I'm going to that website. Now I'm scrolling that website. I'm looking at the website. I said, I need this. I need that. I need that. That's a great price. And similar to what one of you said a moment ago, I'm also opening up several tabs on my browser. And I'm looking, can I find this cheaper somewhere else? The same exact product. And then I'm going to purchase from the most cost-effective and reputable company. But a pure click-and-buy process, I, as a consumer, I don't really do that on Facebook or Instagram, but I do from email. Again, it is a, you've got to take a holistic approach to marketing. You should be leveraging the power of both. Now, to be fair on this, I, I do want to just point out that four years ago and for about two years of time, you actually made your money in in sales using email emails, um, Christian, where uh, Ryan and I, um, we've used other means. We never really made any money off emails where you have. And so I think that's also where some of your passion is derivative from is that you found emails to be tried and true before where Ryan and I, you know, we haven't really experienced that success or even dove into it to the level that you did. Is, is that a fair statement? Yeah, I mean, I think everybody's experience really takes a perspective for sure. So now, Ryan, let me ask you this. So here I am. Let's just say I'm I'm opening up. You know what? As soon as this uh, this COVID-19 ban is lifted and I decide, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go out there and I'm going to I'm going to open up my own auto body shop, right? My own small store, right? I want to become a business mm-hmm. owner. So here I am. I'm in this area. Um, let's just say I'm in Indiana, right? I'm in Indiana. That's where you're at, right? Am I misquoting that? Okay, and and I want to advertise. I'm like, look, I have enough money to do one of anything. Should I drop emails? Should I telemarket a little bit? You get a predictive dialer. Should I billboard? Should I Facebook, Instagram, Twitter? Where would my money, where would the bank for my buck come from? What would you say to me? I think that if if that's the case, and you have money to do one thing, you have to go to where people are going to go to, and that's social media. You have to. That's where your money has to go. Or or some type of online forum, social media, some type of uh, internet ad, maybe on Yelp or whatever the case is. Like, that's where your money's going. Like, if you're going to stay up, if, if we're going to say, yes, you can do both, the way that Christian's talking about, yeah, in a perfect world, yes, you should balance every avenue that you have the, the, the best way possible. But let's just say that you don't. So if you're going to spend money and you're going to put money into stuff, then got to be through online marketing, got to be through social media. If you're going to then say, well, at 11 o'clock at night, I'm going to use the next six hours. I'm going to save up from 11 until I can't go anymore, at least six more hours of just sending out emails, then then do that too, obviously. Right. But I don't think that if you are going to have all that money and you have a limited amount that you're going to make money just by sending out emails. Well, I know I'm not trying to, you know, really dig the email piece. I'm just wondering, you know, in your area, you know, I'm in Indiana, I'm doing that. Uh, Where would I go? And so I just turned to Christian. So here you are, you know, I know you haven't been there very long. 
Um, but where would you think, uh, again, a small store, selling something like that, just a small store, if I had a little bit of money to put into marketing, uh, where, where, where would I, what do you think I would best get the bang for my buck and put in that money? And that's, a tough, that's, a, that's a tough question because, as Ryan said, in a perfect world, both would be better. But if I had to just choose one, then... What's that coffee place called before you answer that? What's that coffee place called that you said you bought coffee from? YouTube. Um, I'm calling Better Buzz and let him know you're cheating on him. That's some bullshit. <laughs> this guy, Better Buzz. He only went to Dunkin' Donuts for hey. fucking potatoes. This jerk. Better about me not here. But to go back to what I was saying. So we're just saying the, the one marketing place, if I have money for one place, where would I put it? Again, I, obviously, yeah, we know I'm, leveraging more is better, but I'm just saying if I'm just trying to start somewhere, where, where would be my number one spot to be to get the best bang for my buck, at least initially? Can you, can you at least give me a business idea? Give me what, what's our problem? What are we saying? Okay, so let's say I was saying to Ryan, let's say something very, yeah, hypothetically speaking, I'm opening up my own hardware store, right? So I got hardware in there, right? So I'm talking, you know, tools, whatever the case may be. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to open up in this area. So it's not something that's really catchier. I'm trying to use something where, because people open up businesses all the time, kind of niche markets. And yeah. here I am at this hardware store. I'm not really sure, you know, should I get on, you know, should I try and get on some local television? Should I, you know, just try and give money to Facebook ads? Should I try and pump some money in another social media platform? And you know, should I tr just invest in a fucking billboard? What would I do? Well, I tell you this, the good dilemma, the good problem in today's economy is you don't have to just pick one. <laughs> this is tough. Mm -hmm. This is a tough question. Kind of off the cuff, say what I would invest my money in. A hardware store. Gosh, I, I can't imagine a large, a large part of your target market is, is going to receive a lot of or is going to be on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter that much. But I don't know. Maybe millennials I mean, you, you made a comment about this the other day, Nick. You were talking about, you know, the, the younger generations are a little bit more okay with renting as opposed to buying. Renters, they don't really need a hardware store the way that a home buyer does. So I'm trying to factor all these things that are flooding into my head right now, but I'm trying to analyze it as quick as I can to give you an off-the-cuff answer. I, I guess I would. I, I think this case's bet for a new business would be social media. Yeah. would have to agree with that because it is a lot more versatile than email marketing. Email marketing is very, very effective. Your click-through rate is very high, but you have to drive people to your website, and you, you've, got, you've got to drive people. you got to get your email address, I'm sorry, your company into somebody's email inbox, and it's really hard to do that today without supplemental resources. If I were just to pay for an email marketing campaign, well, you would have to have a list of clientele to send that those emails out to. So, in order to build up your email, there are additional things that have to happen before you can start email blasting your consumers. So, short answer: social media is more versatile. If I had to only. Yeah, I, w I wish I remember the company's name because it's not like Discount Tire, but it's something that we have back on the East Coast. But anyway, uh, it just reminds me of something. 
And these people are kind of in that situation. They are a tire store. And what they did was they literally, to market themselves, what they did was they bought a lot right next to the big one, right? And then they paid for a billboard. And it literally said, we charge $1 cheaper on every tire. Buy three, get one free. And they did that as a marketing scheme just to steal all the customers from the bigger chain because they knew everyone's coming to the bigger chain. And they said, let's just play fucking dirty. We're just going to charge you a buck cheaper. Buy three, get one free. So maybe sometimes there's some money in being grimy. Oh, man. All right. So <laughs> I mean, I'm just telling you, you know, sometimes, you know, you, you got you got to find new means, right? If you open up a tire store, right? What else are you going to do? You're not going to put out there Nikki's tires and people are going to come buy them. You know, Nikki's probably going to rip you the fuck off. You know, I'd rather go to the na- name that's tried and trusted. You know, I would love to share this podcast and, and I'm going to. I'm gonna share it across my social media. Are you sure? You did, did, even with the even with the content, the way it went high high into the right, we literally yeah, advocated for the population to diminish. <laughs> yeah, we did. People need a little bit of chaos in their life. They need a little bit of Ryan in their life. Listen, so, everybody's sitting at home right now, thinking the same thing. I'll tell you that <laughs> again. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to say it out loud because be- then they'd lose friends. I'm going to share it, and I'd be really curious to hear some, some devoted marketing manager, their, their insights, their thoughts on this portion of the conversation. Because it is, there, there's so much depth to the topics that we're talking about right now, marketing. And if small business had to just pick one marketing channel, what would be the most effective? I would love for the viewers to weigh in on that. Because it it piqued my interest for sure. And, and the reason That's I bring it good. up, I'm back, you guys. Well, the reason I bring it up is this: because because we can say right, you can say all day long. We got to use multiple platforms, and I'm all about that. However, if you don't give a hundred percent to each your advertising areas, right? Something's gonna lack, or it's gonna be half-assed, be bullshit. It's kind of like. If I'm Nikki P right now and I think I'm starting a place, I got to start somewhere first. I need to give a full-fledged effort, all my attention to come up with the best possible Facebook ads, right? And make sure they hit and I monitor that a little bit and then I move on to the next thing. I believe the problem is if you're trying to hit five to ten different avenues, something gets missed. All your creative juices aren't going to the right place because if I'm putting any money into something, I want to give Facebook my 100% undivided attention to make sure that ad, that money makes money for me. It's kind of hard to pay attention to my new business I just started running and five different fucking marketing uh, areas, right? Different places to market. So I want to give 100% to Facebook. And as soon as that's clicking, then maybe I want to move on to an Instagram, a Twitter, email, TV, billboard. But each time I want to literally put money into it, monitor it, and give it everything I got because if not, I'm spending money all over the place and getting – not even 100% of the return I should be getting if I just gave it everything I had. So I was just trying to see where you'd begin because you can't just tell a guy who literally has all the stress in the world just to open up his shop, dude, you got to do everything. Well, holy fuck, what I start with? Eh, everything. Do you know what I mean? Like you got to start somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. So what do you think, Ryan? Yeah, that's what, I, that's what I'm saying. And, and that was my whole point is that you can, now, again, I think that you have to look at, like, what really works. So if you're going to say, well, I, I sell this one particular product, and it, and you could and you could put all of your marketing dollars and money into sending out emails, and that actually works for you, then I'm all about it. 
Nice. But I just find it hard to believe that you're going to be able to sell anything through an email that they did not see <laughs> some other place. Dude, I'm going to get back to this prince who told me he has some money he wants to put in my account. I think I just got to send his bank account number, and I should be straight based on uh, Christian's advice. Yeah, I think you got to send your social <laughs> with that, too. Dude, this guy has millions. He needs to give it to me, he told me. He told me in an email. It has yeah. to be true at this point. I'm, no. pissed, I'm pissed off I didn't get back to him yet. I think I got the same email. I'm going to have to respond to that. I'm going to get back to him first. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, Christian, any closing thoughts for us? Any shameless plugs? I, you know, shameless plug, and I have no stock, no investment in this company, but if you are in the Utah area, I think the coffee is really good. I'm actually drinking it right now. I bought a bag of the coffee. I know Ryan teased me about it early on. I go around and I look for good coffee. It's all the shit that you put in coffee. I don't know how you could say that coffee is good. Well, wait, it's in Utah, right? What's yeah, the name of the can... place? What's the name of the place? Futures. Futures Coffee. Futures? No, I... Futures. Like Future. Yeah, Futures. Yeah, yeah, Futures Coffee. Nice. Very, very good. Newer coffee shop. And I will say this. On my last six months in San Diego, I started losing... A my love for Better Buzz. I started frequenting a couple other coffee spots. Because it took you an hour to I, order a cup of coffee? Yeah, that too. But Ryan, you might be happy. But I'm, I'm still not a straight black coffee drinker. But I'm slowly getting away from it being so doctored up. But I do enjoy a good roast. I can taste it regardless of what's added to it. You can still taste a good roast if it's in a a macchiato, a latte, you can still taste the good roast. You see, I went to a light cream, one sugar, but I'm still all about that, um, the blonde roast, just because, look, the, the flavor isn't as great as I know you're used to. However, you know, the lighter roast, you more caffeine, so that's kind of my cop-out to say that's why I drink it, because I'm drinking it for the caffeine, not so much the flavor. But in reality, I'm running away from the flavor, right? Because a true, true flavored coffee, the best flavored coffee is your deeper and darker roast. Now, does Futures Coffee have light roast? Do they have like a baby roast for Papa? Futures? I I don't know. I'm I'm drinking their Guatemala with a salt, and it's really good. I mean, you can notice the difference in good, properly roasted coffee beans just when you brew them. Mm -hmm. And I'll give you an example. I, I have some Starbucks whole beans upstairs. I have the, the Guatemala whole beans from Futures, and I put it in my French press, and as soon as I pour my, my hot water into the French press, the, the beans, the ground beans, react differently with this roast compared to what I, I saw with the overly commercialized Starbucks roast. I That was all I could get at the time in the store, but you can definitely there's a difference. There's a difference between a good quality bean and the roast process of you. So I love coffee. Nice. Ryan, have you found a new coffee shop for yourself? Yeah, I just drink whatever. Nice. I'll I tell you right now, whatever that's going on, I've been drinking this Maxwell House. You can oh buy it in bulk. Don't do that. Oh, you know? Don't fucking no. do that. Damn. Don't fucking do I've been that. Loading that's a up sin. on that. Don't be fucking doing that. I've been, no. I've been loading up on Maxwell House. No. Charmin that's Ultra. Terrible. No. No. If you ever dreamed about drinking Maxwell House, you should fucking wake up and apologize. That's terrible. (laughs) It's fucking terrible. All the viewers, all the viewers have unsubscribed about one word Maxwell. 
hey, you know what? Tough times call for tough measures. You know what I'm saying? But I will, I will say this. Like, I think that Futures, you, you mentioned that Futures real quick. Futures Coffee, Utah, Salt Lake, having a hard time, having to cut some hours. Maybe they would send out some more fucking emails. You know, yeah. and have if a I little had a bit fucking more email, maybe me and Utah suck it down some coffee, but yeah. let me get the fucking email. Yeah. <laughs> so, Ryan, you got any shameless plugs for your area? You got anything that you should check out in all England? No, there literally ain't shit here, I'll tell you. Um, they barely have a Phillip fucking Rivers football team. coming here. Philip Rivers. Yeah, thank God. Philip Rivers. There you go. Yeah, because Andrew Luck skipped town. Team. What the fuck? That guy retires. He was playing like he retired two years before he left. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, do you, do you, yeah, so, um, so that's it, huh? So the only thing you want to plug is the Indianapolis Colts and the chance that they have this year. Yeah. Which is probably not that great anyway. Um, you'll be going to the games now. You'll be going to the games, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Now. Now. So if you see a short Korean man who knows what the fuck he's talking about, that's Ryan. I will, I will like to say, cause you mentioned it earlier. I didn't, I didn't talk about it. Uh, I appreciate Everyone not yelling at me to put my mask on because I am Asian and I don't have a fucking mask. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah, leave him the fuck. Hey Ryan, Ryan, you'll be happy to Ryan, you'll be happy to know that, that Maxwell House Coffee is actually on social media. We can sure that's where you purchase your your plastic tub of Maxwell coffee. I definitely didn't get a fucking email, I'll tell you that. Well, you know what sucks <laughs> is because I said the word Maxwell House Coffee. Now I'm gonna check my Facebook and there'll be two ads for it, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'll be like these motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, I delivered to one Ryan Lungerhausen, and the only asshole who'll drink this shit. I, I would rather drink fucking battery acid. acid. <laughs> Christian, what you're saying? Oh, I, I was telling Ryan, text me your address. I'll send you a bag of of this Guatemala coffee. You'll like it. Oh, All right, that's what you told me about fucking Better Buzz and about Dark Horse coffee. Death Wish is good coffee. Which, uh, I, Death Wish. I. I do like that. That I do like. All right, gentlemen. So I appreciate your time today. Um, I think it was a fun and, and a successful episode. I'll let you guys know um, as soon as I put it on. Uh, but thank you, and uh, you guys have a great day, guys. All right. Later, man. Later. Thanks, Nick. Always a pleasure. Thank you, buddy.